Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, songwriter, author, worship leader, an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene, and most recently, a hospital chaplain. The Voices in My Head podcast is where I discuss things that are on my mind, the voices in my head. Music, movies, books, pop culture, theology, and more are all on the table as I discuss them here with friends and colleagues and sometimes just by myself, processing what I'm learning in the moment. Make sure to let me know what you think of today's episode by leaving me a review on iTunes, tweeting to me at Rick Lee James on Twitter, and by joining my mailing list at rickleejames.com, where you can receive an email every time a new episode is released. By the way, in case you are interested in a daily dose of kindness and encouragement beyond this podcast, I also run the Twitter account at Mr. Rogers Save, where I post daily quotes from Fred Rogers, one of the loudest voices in my head, which is ironic because he was such a quiet person. Also, if you do want to be notified about all of my latest releases, not just this podcast, Sign up for email notifications on my Substack page found at rickleejames.substack.com. Well, I guess that's it for the intro, so let's get to the latest episode of Voices in My Head, the Rick Lee James Podcast. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. Thank you all for listening. I know we have been somewhat sporadic with episodes lately and haven't been weekly as I like to do just due to some of my schedule with grad school and work and life and all the things going on. But we're back today and I am so glad to have all of you who are listening today. We have a very special guest on the call today and that's Jason Gray. He is one of my very favorite artists in Christian music today. Uh, such a, a, a very kind and warm person in, in addition to being such a great artist. Uh, he's toured with people like Michael W. Smith, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Third Day, Toby Mac, and I could go on and on and including headlining his own tours for, for many years now. Um, but he's doing some some special kind of touring at the the present moment where he's traveling around uh he has his guitar and himself and he's sharing stories and has different themes on different nights and uh, i'm excited to say that on march 10th uh i'm going to be playing a few songs on the stage before he comes out in springfield ohio with him and we are just super excited to have him coming to home road church of the nazarene in march uh to share his ministry and some of his inside stories and music so Without any further introduction today, I just want to welcome back once again to Voices in My Head, the Rick Lee James podcast, Jason Gray. Thank you for being with us today. It's so great being here with you. Thanks for having me, Rick. Well, it's it's always a pleasure, and uh, I, I feel like I've always got you near because it seems like your music is playing in our house all the time, and <laughs> my my wife and I both enjoy listening to it, um, and I just feel like... Very kind to me. Thank you for all the kind words about oh, all that. That, that oh, means a lot. So. Well, it... It's it's sincere and from the heart. I, I you know, kind of on a personal note, um, I think I've told you this over email before in the past, but um, I've been working for about the last year and a half as a hospital chaplain, and there have been times that your music, um, I mm-hmm. will, I don't do this all the time, but I will take my guitar into to rooms of patients sometimes, oh, and wow. uh, and your song "Stolen" has just been. Yeah 
one that has spoken to so many people at so many different times. Uh, there's been occasions where I've had that to share in people's rooms. And I wanted to take a moment to thank you specifically for that song. Um, because, you know, the, the line especially about uh, sometimes you let us get broken down, busted and bruised, you know, from the inside out so you can make us whole again. It just um, it speaks so much to people when they're in the hospital, I think. And uh, it's it's just been a real help. So as we begin today, thank you, because there's times that you are uh, your music is is with me and my patience, even when uh, you don't know it. <laughs> but it's a, I'm very grateful to have songs to share like that. That's amazing. Thank you for um, bringing me into those holy spaces with you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That really means a lot, you know, uh, uh, suffering uh, is, is, is holy ground, isn't it? You know, yeah. and, and um, being able to meet with people in that place. That's, that's really, yeah, that's, it's very special. So thank you for bringing me in there with you. <laughs> well, well, thanks. Thanks for coming along. Whether you knew it or not, we appreciate it. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I want to talk to you today um, a little bit about some of the touring that you've been doing. I, yeah. I know it's, I know it's not just been this year that in the past you have done some of these tours without a band and uh, have been sharing songs and stories. And, and you decided that it was, it was worth doing that again this year. And so it's not only taking you to some of the bigger venues, but uh, even things like house shows and, and church venues and places like that. Um, I wonder if you might be able to share just some of the highlights or some of the memorable moments of sharing in, in a setting like that. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, some of it was um was born out of uh, necessity i should also explain for 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 people hearing this um i do have a speech handicap so it's not because rick's making me nervous um <laughs> but i i uh you know uh with the advent of of uh of covid it was pretty hard to um to stay alive as an artist you know um unless I was able to adapt and play smaller places or outside places, you know, Mm -hmm. um, yards and stuff. And, and that just ended up being one of the most life giving seasons of, of, uh, of doing music with people, um, that I've ever experienced. You know, so it's like, well, I want to keep doing this, but, but, but how do we um how do we expand the boundaries of that how do we keep it interesting and 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 what else could we do with this you know and so uh i did launch a new mode of touring at the beginning of the year where i you know i i just uh i posted on my social media that if anybody if anyone was interested in bringing me in for like a a more intimate style concert in a smaller room or even a living room or something like that or a church, you know, as well. Um, Let's do that. And let's wonder about doing an evening centered around a certain theme. I thought that could be interesting. You know, Mm -hmm. I think, I think music has, has healing properties to it, you know? Um, And, uh, 
I think music is very therapeutic, you know. Uh, there's um, the movie Sh 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 Shadowlands about C.S. Lewis. And uh, in that movie, he says, we read books to know we're not alone. Um, I think that's why we listen to music, too, mm. you know, so that we can have those me too moments like, oh, oh yeah, I've, I've felt that way also, you know? Um, so how could we be very purposeful, um, with a night of music? And that can be, and that can be tricky too, you know, because, um, I think for the last hundred years or so, or who knows how long, um, we go to, we, um, we typically go to concerts expecting to be entertained and to hear the songs that we know. And I, I totally get that. Like if I'd gone to a Tom Petty concert and he didn't play, I won't back down. I would have been pretty bummed, you know? <laughs> so, um, so how can I deliver the songs that people are, are hoping and expecting to hear, but then also creating an evening that's centered around a theme, you know, like I've, I've, I've released 150 songs now that are out out there, and I wow, I probably probably have a hundred more that I haven't released yet. You know, and out of all those songs, how do I create an evening centered around the themes of of, of either transformation or hope or healing? Those were the three that we offered. You know. Um, and uh, and have a musical conversation with an audience about that. I'm still learning how to do it. I've actually only done two of those now. Mm. So, uh, and uh, I'm learning as I go. But I did one this weekend, and, and it was about healing. Mm. And, uh, man, it, it went to a really deep, vulnerable place, you know, and it, it was it was quite beautiful. Um I learned a lot from doing that one and, and, and hopefully by the time I'm with you, I'll have it all figured out. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so far so good. It's been meaningful. So yeah. I think, um, sometimes I suspect that, that we've come to expect too little of mm. music. You know? Um, a lot of the big, hit songs are kind of skimming along this surface of life. And, and I understand that and there are reasons for that, you know, and I, I don't have contempt for that, but I, I think that once you experience what, what a song can do mm -hmm. in you, like the dots that it can connect inside of you, the way that God can speak through it, you know, um, I think once you experience that, you just become less satisfied with with a song because it's catchy or you know mm -hmm. or clever or something like that. You know, yeah. there's there's healing power in it. You know, so for sure. Well, I appreciate that, and you know, you said a, a few moments ago that maybe you'll have it figured out by the time uh, you you get mm -hmm. to where we're going to be together. And I, part of me feels like, well, you know what? It's okay if it's if it's different every night though too because there's something about um especially when when you have the freedom of, of being without a band and and you can yes. share a little more um uh, with, without kind of some of the constraints that come with that as great as it is to play with yes. 
there are moments um, where you can maybe gauge the, the audience a little bit better too. And I, I, I almost feel like when I play at places, um, there is a, there's a journey that we both go on together, both the listener who, who is making a, a, giving us a very beautiful gift by even listening, you know, in the first place. Um, but then the reaction that they'll have, it does kind of tell us something about yeah. maybe where we can go next, where this is connecting. And um, something here is really hitting a place of meaning and, and purpose and value. Yeah. So um, so I think it's a, a pretty amazing thing for you just to kind of have that opportunity and give that opportunity both. It, it really goes both way when it comes to to sharing that in live settings. And I, I wanted to, to highlight, too, one of my very favorite songs, which you had talked about uh, this weekend, feeling like you, you went to a real deep place. Um, and, and I don't know if this song was one of the songs you shared, um, but, but the song Worth Staying For has, has mm. been one that's kind of been on a loop with me and partially because oh. parts of it that feel like my own story too, you know? Um, and, and I think when I play it for other people, in fact, one of my best friends, I shared it with uh, mm. very recently and um, also had a father who was not present. And he said, I'm going to have to stop listening to this right now. <laughs> he said, mm. and then he, and he texts back later and he said, I'm going to listen to this again and again this week, but I needed a minute. You know, it was sort of the, the yeah. thing that um, was really connecting. And that's what I find is, is so powerful about songs like that. So I'd love to hear you, if you if you don't mind, I'd love to hear you share a little bit about that song. And I think you co-wrote it with Andy Gullihorn, who is one of my yeah. favorite writers as well, an artist. But I just love to hear whatever you'd like to tell us about that song. I know it's a very personal song. It can be very... Uh, it's very brave of you to share some of the details. Mm. That. So, um, so just tell us a little bit about worth staying for and where that came from. Yeah, I think we started to write it. It was either 2015 or 2016. I think it was 2015. We started to write it, you know, and, uh, he's, he's, he's the, one of my favorite songwriters as well. And I'm, I'm, very blessed that I get to work with him and and he's um he's a trusted friend who who knows how to hold those parts of my life really well so I usually go to him for uh these these most personal songs you know um especially especially the really painful ones because it like it it can be hard to have objectivity you know and it's 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 helpful to have another person in the room when i'm diving into all that you know and mm-hmm. he's great um we wrote the first two verses way back then and then we were just really hung up and and and, and uh anything i tried to write after that it just didn't seem right or it came too easy you know so if people haven't heard the song um, the first verse goes into uh, my wound of abandonment from uh, not growing up with my dad in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then verse two explores how that wound was reopened during my divorce. Um, and all that's really tricky because 
I don't want to demonize either my dad or my ex-wife, you know, and, and they've got their own wounds that, 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 uh, that contributed to that mm. story. And in the case with my ex-wife, you know, like I, I, I made my own contributions to, um, our marriage not working. So it wasn't an intent to demonize them or to, to, um, or to be pitied. And I think, I think that was the hard part. Like it's going into my pain. And so, okay. When I was, um, so I got to do an event with, uh, one of my favorite authors, Walter Wongren Jr. Mm. And, uh, if people haven't, heard of him you should look up the book ragman ragman by walter wongeren jr it's it's beautiful anyway i love i love him loved his work and uh at the event we did with each other i raised my hand and i asked a question like a, you know i i uh i asked him um well i don't know if i really asked a question I think I was just airing a grievance about how it seems like in in Christian culture, the only testimonies we hear are when people have overcome and the struggle is already behind them, right? Mm -hmm. I went through this thing, but here's how I overcame, and and here's my testimony about it. And I, I, I had a little contempt for that, uh, thinking that, you know, how come we can't, hear testimonies from in the midst of the struggle itself. Why do we have to wait until everything's all wrapped up, you know? Um, and I think I brought that up imagining that, that he, he would be my ally in that thought, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and he, he brought a counter perspective that was so wise and so beautiful. He said, well, the thing is, is if you, bring up a struggle while you're in the midst of it you don't realize it but you will be asking your audience for something mm. they will experience it as an ask mm. either an ask for support or an ask for uh, sympathy or or for understanding you know and i was asking him about this because i was in the midst of my divorce and it was it was painful and i had a sense that I shouldn't talk about it from the stage. And I was mistakenly interpreting that as that, oh, yeah, I feel like I shouldn't talk about it from the stage because I know this isn't what Christians do and I won't be able mm. to, to talk about it until I can bring a victory story, you know. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that was actually what was going on in hindsight now. I think it was actually the Holy Spirit saying, no, nope, it's not time to mm. share this yet. Um, and... Walt helped me to understand why, because our job as an artist is to give to our audience, to bring something, to bring nourishment of some sort to our audience. And if I would have shared, if we share about our struggles while we're in the middle of it, we're not bringing something and we don't realize it, but the audience experience it as an ask. And then they have mm. to give me, to give me understanding or support or sympathy. But if you wait until the chapter closes, right, then all of a sudden you have, you can still bring the pain and the story, but now you have something to offer. Like mm. 
here's here's how I survived it. Here's how I overcame it. Here's how I experienced the grace of God. You know, here's here's how God met me in it. And that was just a, a beautiful, very helpful understanding of of what's going on in the uh, artist slash minister's relationship with with the audience, you know. Um, so verse one and verse two are, are very much about my pain, my core wound of rejection and abandonment. And very clearly like, oh, I'm going to play this for people and people are going to feel sorry for me. And it's going to, it's going to draw something from my audience. And that's not exactly what I, I want. Although, um, although I do know sharing openly and honestly about our pain often does give something to the audience. It gives them the freedom to experience their own, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I knew there was a potential gift in it. Okay. But where do we go from here? You know? And, you know, uh, um, I remember one of the earliest ideas was, Somewhere in the song, I need to take ownership that I have also left people. Mm. Um, and then in the third verse, it could be about how, uh, but you know, all of us, the, 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 the leavers and the left behind, we come to Jesus and he takes all of that brokenness and uh, he takes it to the cross and he takes it all the way to death and, He's on the cross saying, you are worth me staying here for, you know. Mm. And I think that idea could have worked as a song, but it, but there's something about that that feels a little bit like a Christian cliche, you know. Mm. Um, I don't think anyone would have been surprised that the song went there. And then all, it all of a sudden becomes like, like theological and conceptual. So is there a way that... In the third verse, it could even get more personal. And I had actually had um, uh, this experience of um, of this night where, okay, so I'll say that, you know, after my divorce, as, uh, as I ventured into having relationships again, um, I would I'd start to move in a direction with a person and then all of a sudden it feel like my, my ankles were broken or something like that. Like just something was broken in me and I was scared and, 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 uh, uh, you know, so, uh, I, I've done some breaking up with people, which means that I have probably made them feel abandoned, you know, and this, uh, this experience of knowing that my core wound is rejection and that also that I gave that wound to others was mm-hmm. a, a deep source of, uh, of shame in me and, and the pain of, of all of it felt overwhelming to the point where just one night I was so overwhelmed with all of that, that I, 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 uh, I barely made it out of that night alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it became clear that, oh, I think that's, I think that's the third verse 
of the song. You know, I, I, I think that's the, the very real human, honest place it could go to, you know, and, 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 well, and, and I, I realized that, you know, a while after I had recovered from that awful night and stuff, you know, so that's, mm-hmm. um, so that's where, where it went. And, uh, it seemed like the, the most meaningful thing I could do, uh, after those first two verses was to own that, uh, that, you know, our pain, if it doesn't get transformed, we will transmit it. Mm. And so if I'm going to talk that deeply about the wounds I've received from others, I need to equally talk about um, the ways that I've, I've wounded as well. And I need to take responsibility and all that, you know? So, so, uh, so yeah, that's a long answer, but no, hopefully that's helpful. <laughs> it's well, a, it it's a great complex yeah song you know and i think a lot of people will will mostly resonate with the Mm -hmm. first two verses that they've experienced a parent who was gone or went through a divorce but the song takes a a a sharp left turn in the bridge you know and uh, it took it took me eight years to to be able to write that Mm -hmm. the back half of the I guess, you know, so, yeah. What, well, I, I can tell you, I, I understand that having been a person who has gone through a divorce myself uh, and, and very much while I was minister at a church, same church I'm at now, you know, and it's been so many years now that it seems like another person almost, but yeah. I remember yeah. that same thing. And I remember so much of what you were saying right now. It's just like, yeah, I, I remember that place. I remember uh, lying on the hallway in my apartment by myself and just, mm. you know, just, I, I, those, those memories and moments of being truly alone and feeling like you failed. And, um, and, and for me, um, I mean, it, it, this isn't about me, so I won't go on and on, but, but as, just oh, as, no. you, as you were talking though, um, it's, a, it's a very familiar feeling to me. And, and I appreciate that you're, sharing that with audiences from the places that you are now, because I, I know exactly what that's like to like, like how much do I say, when do I need to say it? Um, right. I can't, I can't not say anything because here I am at this congregation of people in churches, you know, and, and it's, it's just such a hard thing. But I also found it interesting. You also said a few moments ago, you referred to the movie Shadowlands and suffering. And mm. one of my classes in grad school this semester I'm in is called The Theologies of Suffering. And our assignment this week was to watch mm. Shadowlands. Um, which, uh, yeah. So I, 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 still, I had seen parts of it in the past and I, I had yeah. read A Grief Observed and I'd read so much of C.S. Lewis, but I had never had a chance to see the movie in its entirety yeah. until right now. Uh, so it's very fresh in my mind as you, as you were mentioning it, just some of those scenes. And, um, one part that stood out to me, uh, just thinking about that film for a moment is, is at the, towards the end of the movie when C.S. Lewis and, uh, who would be his, I guess, stepson now in the movie because his mother had passed C.S. Lewis's wife. Um, there's such a poignant scene of the two of them sitting together, the boy on his lap and them just both crying just uncontrollably, you know, and it it really, it does pull your heart. And anybody who has experienced that kind of grief and and suffering, they, they understand that. Um, And just all of this together through things I'm studying, through things I'm hearing you saying right now, I am, I am so grateful 
that God, uh, like the same God who wrestled Jacob, that God walks with a limp with us, you know, that God is the one who even in his resurrected form comes back with wounds on his hands, you know, and there is such hope in for all of us who are wounded and broken and have broken relationships and a past and, uh, and things maybe even in the moment right now that we're struggling with and going through. I'm just so grateful for that kind of God who doesn't stay far away and who not only comes near, but gets broken with us, which is wow. You know, when I think about that. So to me, that song, when I hear it is your way of reminding us that, there is a God who is still limping along with us, you know, reminding us that we're worth staying for. And I just, I'm grateful for it. So thank you for all that you just shared a moment. Yeah. It was absolutely. It was, yeah. Thanks for asking about all that. It's uh, occurring to me now too. Uh, Shadowlands, of course, uh, Anthony Hopkins mm-hmm. plays C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. And he's a great actor to play C.S. Lewis. Yeah. It was amazing. But uh, the, there's a brand new movie out right now um, that is a conversation between Sigmund Freud and C.S. Lewis. Oh. And I, I can't wait to watch it. And Anthony Hopkins plays Sigmund Freud. In that oh, one. So wow. like, it's interesting that he kind of played, you know, uh, um, both characters in his lifetime. And, and, and um, it makes me want to see the new movie even more like, a, like it'd be yeah. interesting. Yeah, that that would he was be. able to bring to bear upon that character having already inhabited C.S. Lewis, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, cool. yeah, I I remember hearing about that now, so that's one I wanted to look up too. And one of these days, yeah. I'll have time to watch movies and read things I want to read again once grad school is over. It's my last full time semester. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm working, but I'm working on a book right now, and it's like I I don't have time. Yeah, for anything else, I'm just always working. I've gained I've gained 20 pounds because I was like I gotta make this deadline something's gotta give I'm not gonna be able to work out as much I don't know if that was a great idea but oh no well it doesn't show but, you look uh, good on our Instagram <laughs> <laughs> well hey you know what what we we shouldn't leave it in a a, a kind of a semi-sad somber state as we've been talking sure. about the, these songs today because because your album actually has so many moments mm-hmm. of joy and even humor too and i always find that uh yeah. moments of comedy and tragedy are very closely related and i i love a, another song on your album too i've shared this with a few people jesus loves you and i'm trying and uh yeah. to, to me it's it's poignant but it's also very funny and and yeah that the way you describe uh getting ready to reply to that one person who always has something negative to say on a post that you write. Um, so I, I don't want to leave people with the impression that like yep. the, the album is all just, you know, going to be written oh. hard and, and <laughs> cause it's actually, I think it's actually a pretty, uh, a pretty up it is. celebratory yeah. album overall. Yeah. And then worth staying for like, is the little bomb I dropped in the middle of the album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it really starts out with, I mean, with Yes, Lord, at the beginning, when I say yes, I mean, that's just all, all uh, like, it feels like, like, get the choir together and start singing, man, because it's, it's yeah. just such a, a fun, really good, rich song. And uh, so I just wanted to, to remind people that, hey, the, the, listen to the album, too, if you haven't yet, because it, it really yeah. will lift you up in, in, in a great way. So, um, 
Well, man, we've been talking for a while already. I can't believe how much time has gone by. I wonder if there's anything that right now is just uh, really exciting to you. I know you mentioned you have a book that you're working on, which that's yeah. that's a ton of work in itself. But is there anything that, that you wanted to make sure we, we touched on today while we had this conversation that you would love for people to know about or maybe even just something that's on your heart and mind that you feel like, hey, I want to share this today. Mm-hmm. I'd love to give you the chance to do that. Oh, I I can't think of anything specific. I will say that, you know, um, yeah, okay, here's an idea. Uh, I've always felt like I was supposed to write a book at some point mm-hmm. in my life. And so I started during COVID, I actually started working on a memoir first and then got about two-thirds of the way through that. And just had a sense, kind of like worth staying for. Like, okay, I got it to here, and now I think I need to live some life a little bit, and and or 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 uh, allow myself to metabolize what I've written so far, so I know how to write the last third of the book. So while I hit pause on the memoir, I start working on this other book, which is uh, a song of excuse me, a book of devotional essays for each of my songs I've ever released, you know, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done with that one. But um, when I started working on the memoir and I bought these books about how to write a memoir, memoirs for dummies, you know, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And, and, uh, and learned like that there's this idea out there that maybe everybody should write a memoir because it's something that you can leave for your family members. I'm like, Oh yeah, shoot. I wish, I wish my grandparents had done that. I would have, I would have liked to have read their story, you know, and um, writing down my stories, like, like the act of, of carving out just a little bit of time, you know, like half hour a day, maybe. Maybe you know, a little less sometimes, and just sitting there and and actively remembering, like allowing memories to come up, mm-hmm. and I've just experienced how the Holy Spirit will bring up a memory. I was like, "Oh man, I I forgot all about that. Like I I I I can't believe I'm remembering that. And and why are you bringing that to my mind, Holy Spirit? You know? And there's usually some some profound healing truth in there that I needed to reflect on. Um, and writing, I will say, has also really clarified a lot of my thought. Mm-hmm. It's revealed a lot of leaps in my logic and a lot of blind spots. It's very humbling. And as I've been working on it, I thought, man, I think everybody should do this. And, uh, so I can't recommend it enough. Like, 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 uh, sitting down and writing a little memoir that, that maybe only your grandkids would read. Maybe it's only 50 pages long or, or less or a little bit more, something like that. But, but, but the active, I suppose journaling is a version of that, you know, but, but, mm-hmm. uh, but actively sitting down, it's, it's, it's a form of, it's a form of prayer, right? Mm-hmm. To sit down and write out your thoughts, your story, mm. that conversation that you're constantly having with the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and, and to, 
and make that explicit in a written form has been very, very healthy for me. So anyone hearing this, you know, should pray about that. And, 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 and you may be like, Oh, bro, I, I do not have time. Um, I remember, uh, seeing that Rob Bell, who I know is a controversial and stuff like that, but I, I like his style of writing, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, he was going to have an online seminar about, about hook writing. So I, I signed up for that and, and it was great. And he talked about, you know, like if you're, if you're really committed to this, it means you'll write a sentence or two when you have that, that five minutes after breakfast before mm-hmm. you have to leave for work. And that really shifted the whole process for me, you know? So, uh, I, uh, I flew back to Nashville from being on the road this weekend and an Uber driver picked me up and brought me home. And in that 20 minute drive, I worked on my book, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, when I was waiting for my bags at the package claim, I sat down, wrote two or three sentences, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I say all that, uh, to remove, to, to, um, to, to help remove any, um, arguments in a person's mind about, I don't have time. Well, really, if you just, you know, knock out a sentence at a time when you have a minute or two here and there, you know, in between larger blocks of time, you can do it. So anyway, I don't know if that's helpful to anybody, but that's been, (laughs) writing has been uh, a very rich version of prayer and conversation with the Lord. Yeah. For me, that has deepened me. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get that. And I wonder if part of it is, too, because it does require you to just stop, slow down, and, mm-hmm. and really start to contemplate and think. You know, I, I remember, um, you know, I, I run this Twitter account called uh, at Mr. Rogers Say or X, whatever we're calling it. But I just do yeah. Mr. Rogers quotes every day. And so oh. I, I have all this Mr. Rogers knowledge floating around in my head. And, and when you were uh, talking about that, it reminded me of one of my favorite quotes of his. He was on a television okay. show being interviewed and he actually asks the, the host who's interviewing him. He is saying, do you get enough quiet? And, you know, and and he's he's asking it and bringing it to a very um quiet moment on the show and he says you know this world is such a noisy place you know and it's it's so important and he just expressed how important the quiet was for him and as as i thought about that and and the way that he even um operated that television show that for children it was interesting how much uh quiet played into that which if you think of children's shows today it's you know it's all lights and loud and and very uh you know noisy but he had, you know, the exact opposite tact, and he almost made you feel like, in doing that, that he was listening to you, you know, in some way through the television. Yes. So all that is back to you talking about the importance of sitting down to write. I think there is something uh, very poignant about just taking that time and quiet to sit and to hear and listen um, to, for one thing, listen to what God might say, but also to listen to yourself and see what things you're going through, the emotions you're going through, your thoughts and feelings and attitudes and just where you are. So thank you for sharing that with our audience. Cause I, I agree. I think yeah. it's a very good practice for anyone who hasn't done uh, even just journaling sometimes. So it's good stuff. So, yeah, I, I think the I think the block for me for, 
journaling was, oh, like it's, it's a waste of time. So, you know, but, but like memoir writing for me, no, I, like, okay, I'll say, it. I don't think that journaling is a waste of time. I think it's very valuable, but the idea of re- writing a document that I would leave behind for somebody, I think I needed that, that, that purposefulness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To add urgency to it, you know, yeah. like, like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, this is something I want to leave, you know, so be behind, but it's, it's kind of like when you know the date is coming when you have to record some songs. I'd better write some songs. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> exactly. Deadlines are our friend, right? Deadlines yeah. help me for sure. Well, Jason, this has just been a real pleasure. Thank you for taking a few moments out of your very busy schedule to to share from your heart today and to talk about not only these cool um, places that you're stopping at on your current tour, uh, but uh, about your songs, about your life, and I'm just I'm. Very very grateful that, that you would make that bow to us today and spend some time with us here on Voices in My Head. Um, we're really excited to, to see you in March here in Springfield, Ohio, and uh, we're just going to give you a hero's welcome when you arrive. So we're going to be uh, <laughs> glad, to, glad to have you here with us. So, all right. Well, for everybody listening today, um, we're going to have links. Should the technology work the way it's supposed to, we're going to have links in the show notes today where you can go and find uh, more about Jason, all of his music, and um, and everything that he has going on right now. And you'll be able to find tour stops along the way. And for those of you that might be listening from Springfield, Ohio, um, we are actually offering the tickets uh, to his concert for free. Uh, you can go to homeroadnaz.org, but they are limited because we have limited seating. So, uh, I think we're we're limiting to about 300 people for that night. So it's going to be a fun evening and we want to have you there, but you might want to get your tickets because the last I heard there's about 50 left. So, uh, so thank you all for listening to Voices in My Head. And as I say to my guests every week, I'm going to say it to you, Jason Gray. Thank you for being one of the voices in my head this week. <laughs> thank you, Rick. Thank you for joining me here this week on Voices in My Head. Music on the intro and outro of this show is from my single, As I Walk These Halls, which can be streamed on any streaming platform, including Spotify. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleejames.com where you can find out more about me, get my music on vinyl and CD, schedule me for a concert, a speaking engagement, a podcast, or even a book signing in your neighborhood. Also, it would mean a great deal to me if you could write a review of this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. The more positive reviews we receive, the more visible this podcast will be. And now, the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.